Mary had a little lamb, its fleece as white as snow. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Bubblegum, bubblegum, in a dish. How many pieces do you wish? <sighs> this is what happens when you recite a codebook in a podcast intro. Hello and welcome back to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I rewatch, review, and relive the staples of our childhood. This is episode 67. I'm your host, Jeremy, and with me today is my older brother, Jonathan. Jonathan, welcome back to the show. Quack, quack, everybody. Welcome back to Inside Quotes. And if this is your first time joining us on the show, welcome. Thanks for clicking on this episode. What we normally do here on this show is me and my brother, Jeremy, take turns picking a movie to rewatch every week based on our childhood. And this movie that we're covering today is definitely a staple. Wouldn't you say, Jeremy? Oh, I would so say so. This is a staple of our childhood. Oh, man. No, this I would venture to say this is possibly one of the stapliest staples of our childhood. It's, it's very stapley, for sure. It's quite stapley, in my book, at least. But yeah, anyways, Agent Cody Banks came out in 2003. It and it looks like it. Yeah? Um, you got opinions on, on the way that this movie looks already out the gate? I don't have bad opinions. I think it looks good, actually. Yeah. Surprisingly. I, I mean, how old were you in 2003? I, I think I was in preschool. Fifth, I was fifth grade, so I was probably 11. 11. Okay. The, I was probably kindergarten at that point. Yeah. Just my initial thoughts of watching the movie, I was... Um, I think the CGI mostly was actually pretty good, but except for the, um, that like flying helicopter thing that they like, oh, rode yeah. on, that scene looked pretty bad. That was but rough. <laughs> one thing I did think was good was the, the switching of like Frankie Muniz and like stunt doubles. I felt was pretty, like, I didn't see any obvious transitions. Like I felt like it was pretty natural. I just assumed he did his own stunts. I think he did a lot of them. <laughs> I don't think they had him do anything too crazy, but okay. Uh, I did, I did feel like I noticed a couple spots, but for the most part, you know, like, like the stuff at the beginning when he's like trying to save that child, that's like going down the, the hill in the car. I feel like they probably cut to like some like professional skateboarders for some of those oh, shots, yeah. but still I thought it was done pretty well to where it wasn't like super obvious. Now let's talk about that opening scene though. That was excellent <laughs> way to just dive into the deep end of a movie. I mean, that's yeah. probably the. I would say that's probably the best action sequence of all of child cinema, <laughs> kid cinema. Like that, that is it's pretty good, top tier. I would say like it's classic too, because this you know this is a spy movie, and so like a classic move for like a spy movie, like a James James Bond movie, is like you start out and they're in like the middle of a mission, right? You're just jumped yeah. in in the middle. So this is like the like the low stakes like thing to you know, just kick off the movie with like yeah, a, a stunt yeah. piece and like get you excited before like the real story starts. And not only is it a spy movie, it's also a teen movie. That's true. A very classic teen movie from the early 2000s. Yep. And it starts off exactly where you'd expect it to. On an alarm clock, waking him up. Ah, uh, a clock. <laughs> the classic, the, the classic teen trope of them waking up hitting the alarm clock and just ugh, 
getting dressed, brushing your teeth montage, eating a quick breakfast out the door. You know, it was cliche, but good. So how would you compare this movie to other like spy movies made for kids and families of this time? I was trying, I wrote down a few. I only know, the only one I could think of is Alex Ryder. Alex Ryder. You've also yeah. got the Spy Kids movies. Uh, of course. <laughs> spy Kids. Okay, every, anyone listening here that loves Spy Kids, I'm sorry. Um, don't take this the wrong way. I love Spy Kids too. But you do not. Spy Kids is not that real. <laughs> this feels kind of real to me. Like this, between this and the Alex Ryder movie, and just reading those books, they portray like, high stakes to be realistic like you believe that he could actually die at any point in this mm-hmm. um i don't really feel like that in spy kids well spy kids definitely is a little bit more like fantasy it's more zany in the sense of like there's like these like thumb creatures in it <laughs> <laughs> the stuff of nightmares the thumb creatures oh no yeah um yeah, I guess this does try and like make it seem a little bit more realistic. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, Alex Ryder, Spy Kids. Um I was like looking at a list of them. Harriet the Spy. I don't know if that like is the same genre oh. really. But I I don't I don't really remember that one as much. I I watched I I watched that one time. That's mm-hmm. about it. Don't yeah, remember anything from it. Yeah, we didn't have that what one. What about Catch That Kid? Ooh, I forgot about that one. That was a Raisin Bran movie right there. Yeah. Um. So I was listening. I was. I was looking at like lists of like spy movies, <laughs> and like these typical <laughs> ones kept popping up. But the one that like cracked me up when I read it was Cars Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We all forget about Cars Two. I forget that Cars Two is a spy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Where like Tow Mater is like a secret agent <laughs> in Japan or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's other like spy movies that aren't like kids as spies. So you got like the Johnny English movies. Oh yeah. Um Pacifier is kind of a spy movie a little bit. Pretty much. Like a spy off duty. Yeah. Once a spy, always a spy. Spy next door. Yeah. Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot more spy movies than I thought there were in the in the world in existence. Yeah. Um, but this one's definitely the best. I don't I don't know because I think between this one and Alex Ryder there might be one in the running though. Okay, so I know a thing that we used to do back in the day was like I'd look at the common sense media reviews. Okay. You know, where it's like kid like parents complaining or like kids complaining about the movie, like doing their reviews. And sure. I saw one review on there that called this movie a quote Toby Barks ripoff. So I was like, what is this Toby Barks? I've never heard of this. Okay, so I looked it up on IMDb, and it's what you would expect it is. It's like a straight-to-DVD movie from <laughs> 2020. It's called Agent Toby Barks, and it has huh. Dean Kane in it and John Lovitz. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I guess it's like a spy dog movie. Honestly, it looked so bad, I didn't even bother reading the synopsis beyond seeing that John Lovitz was in it. <laughs> I assume it's animated. No, it's live action. <laughs> no, it's not. The dog might be animated. I don't know. Oh, no. I just thought it was funny that this kid left a review. 
I guess within the last year saying that it was a ripoff. Like Cody Banks is a ripoff of Toby Barks, <laughs> which came out in 2020. So 17 year difference. Anyways. Wow. We will not be covering Toby Barks. I just thought it was worth mentioning because I thought that was fun. <laughs> Toby Barks. Yeah. I would say of the spy movies, though, this is up. This is number one. I mean, this one and, and you know, the sequel, Agent Cody Banks 2, Destination London. Sure. Those are like the top kids movies, like spy movies for sure. Are you saying objectively or from our childhood? I mean, from our childhood. I don't know. I'm aware, I'm aware that not everybody has seen Alex Ryder. See, but yeah. I believe that one is probably tied, if not second. I mean, it's pretty good. I feel like, yeah, it's just not as well known. It's not as accessible. Maybe right. because it's kind of British. <laughs> That's true. But I guess so is Cody <laughs> Banks 2. So is the sequel. And I remember Cody Banks 2 being funnier, mainly because it had Anthony Anderson in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but that doesn't take away from how great this movie is. I know. Like I always liked the first one way more. You always want to like the sequel more, but you, it just, you can't, <laughs> I don't know. It's way different, but we're not here to talk about the sequel. Yeah. But I am here to defend Alex Ryder as being just as good, not as funny, but just as good. I wrote yeah. something down. Um, I mean this, okay. I wrote this. One of my notes said like, this feels like a high stakes spy movie. Yeah. And it feels like the possibility of death is actually realistic. Okay, so I, I did say something like that. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I had the wording right. But that is what I compared it to was like, um, like the scene where, like the clip of the other spy that dies on screen is like, don't send anybody else. I'm hiding. Yeah. This is what's going on with the nanobots. You know, like yeah. that. I remember watching that and being genuinely scared for that man's life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it just seemed really, really realistic. Yeah, I think it does. It manages a tone of like, of, you know, still appealing to like families and stuff, but still like making it kind of serious, kind of higher stakes, like you were saying. Yeah. I yeah. can definitely see that. I guess. And also it's trying to appeal to teens a little bit too. This is one of those movies that I remember um, noticing that things were funny, but I didn't understand it because like Larry or Justin would start laughing at it or. Mom and dad would laugh at it. And yes. I was like, hmm, interesting. Like the whole section where he, they're teaching him how to talk to a girl. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm blanking on the dude's name, but the funny guy. He's the on gadget SNL. guy? Yeah. Daryl Hammond? Daryl Hammond, yeah. That's, um, I think his character is named Earl. <laughs> yeah, Earl. Yeah. Earl was cracking all the adults up. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought he was funny, for sure, but... I don't. I didn't get half the jokes he was talking about, but <laughs> and that's the take that this movie has. It's like typically the spy movies. You know, he's very suave. He's you know the action star, but he knows how to like smooth talk the ladies and everything. So this is like playing yeah. on that whole trope of like, well, he's actually a kid and it's like a t awkward teenager. So let's like play him a little bit more realistic. <laughs> like he does not know how to yeah. talk to girls. <laughs> Make him act like he's in special ed. They did that joke too many times. They this did. this movie was definitely made in two thousand three, for sure. <laughs> Actually, I was reading about that on Wikipedia because it was saying like the studio, even at that time, the studio got a little bit of like uh, pushback from people 
about that Dude, joke. I'm sure. <laughs> and so by the time it came out on DVD, they put like a little like disclaimer with the DVD when it came out, which yeah. I don't ever remember seeing. But well, it's because the, we didn't get the DVD. We got the Raisin Bran cereal box that's, version. That's right. We can talk about that in a second. <laughs> but um, this, I'll, I'll just read off what the what the disclaimer said. It said regarding the references to special ed in the movie, we in no way meant to be insensitive to kids with special educational needs. Rather, <laughs> it was meant to show how cruel kids can be to one another. As you have seen, Cody overcomes his own speech problems and saves the day. Thank you to those who brought this to our attention. We will be mindful of it in the sequel. So <laughs> no special ed jokes in Agent Cody Banks 2, but. Yeah, they were pretty culturally insensitive. It, like this movie probably wouldn't get made today. Um, but nevertheless, still funny for its time. It's yeah. a product of its time. And we're not we're calling out like. That. While we're calling out uncomfortable scenes, I'll go ahead and mention like he's walking into the party and he's using his x-ray glasses and you can like see <laughs> yeah. through the girl's clothing. And you have yeah. these two grown men in a CIA van like oogling oh. these like 15 year old girls. That was uncomfortable. Dude. And then they were like blurring it for him. And he's like, yeah, dude, guys, come on. I'm 15. Parental control so? enabled. <laughs> so what? I just remember being like first grade watching this and being like oh yeah i get it 15 you're allowed yeah <laughs> it's okay once you're 15 you're a real man yeah so yeah you mentioned it uh jeremy how did we get this movie on dvd originally dude so this is one of the greatest organizations of all time is kellogg's raisin brand i don't even know if any other t styles of cereal had had this program but it was like you order if you buy four boxes of raisin bran uh you mailed in the cardboard thing and they would send you a, a dvd of your choice yeah agent cody banks was one of the options there was like six options i think um i can't remember because cody banks looks so cool raisin bran 2000 for see i DVD. found one that's like a different group of selections yeah but it doesn't have cody banks in there it's got like mm -hmm. hoosiers chitty chitty bang bang cocoon oh i remember those all yeah yeah um but yeah it was one of those things where oh dr doolittle i think I we got already had that one that. i remember that that's why i, think we I did that, that one. one yeah but it was like yeah you mailed in we ate a lot of raisin bran as a kid Dude, I'm looking at these old logos of Raisin Bran. Woo! Also, uh, another thing that was kind of similar was Pizza Hut had a promotion where, like, yo, you order a pizza and you get a movie. Yeah. And yeah. so we got the Mr. Mom on DVD, and it was yeah. the same same style of, like, you know, just the disc and, like, a little, you know, little CD sleeve. sleeve. Yeah, paper sleeve instead of, like, an actual full-on case. But yeah, it was one of those things where we collected the box tops or something, mailed them in, and like six to eight weeks later, we got this movie in the mail. <laughs> and we got Agent Cody Banks. Now, I don't remember if this was the first time I saw it, because I remember watching this movie with Paul a lot. I think their family had it. Yeah. But I either I watched it for the first time at Paul's house, or like we got this movie through the mail-in, and, and then we watched it as a family. I mean, right. this was a movie like our mom and dad watched too with us. 
Like they oh, enjoyed yeah. it. They thought it was funny. You know what that reminds me? Why don't they? I, I mean, I I guess I don't buy as much cereal anymore. But do they not put toys in cereal boxes anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't I don't eat a lot of cereal either. <laughs> I had to like double think. I was like, wait, hold up. There used to be toys in these things. And I was like, no, I might have dreamed that. But no, they. I forgot. I mean, interesting. That used to be a thing. Like you know to get you to buy a bunch you'd collect the different things and mail them in you'd have to have a certain yeah. number of them but they used to just have little you know prizes in there yeah regardless and it it was always like tied to like some kind of movie promotion too yeah so yeah i'm like really nostalgic about that kind of stuff and so like most recently like i felt like the new jurassic world movie was like pretty heavily marketed <laughs> and it yeah. was like exciting to see like dinosaurs on like dr pepper cans and stuff like that <laughs> and yeah so i was like that's kind of cool and i even bought like a barbasol shaving cream with like dinosaurs on it oh yeah like a yeah. bigger can than i would normally buy just because it had movie stuff on it and i was like this is cool <laughs> i wish movies did this still like more often so they got me with the movie promotion for jurassic world dominion <laughs> anyway that's how we got the movie to begin with <laughs> but jeremy i was gonna ask you do you have like any childhood stories about this movie or anything movie adjacent to this, like spying on people or yeah. Other than eating a bunch, other than just force feeding myself a bunch of raisin bran. So we could go back to the store and get a second box because we had to get four and within like three weeks or something. Yeah. Um, That's where this is the movie that made me like raisin bran. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, whoa, this stuff's actually good. That's true. You don't think of um, kids really eating a lot of raisin bran. <laughs> no. Raisin brand? Back then I used to call it raisin brand. But we had like a one one cereal box policy, so like we had to go through one at a time so it wouldn't get stale. Mm. So we would we would choose one at the store. Never usually anything too crazy. So it was raisin bran, honey nut Cheerios. Sometimes Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Yeah. Rice Krispies, dude. Oh, yeah. Rice Krispies. And... I, we had more than one box at a time. Cla- well, there was Dad's, like, rabbit food cereal and then ours. His health food cereal that we didn't really touch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're missing... You're missing a good one. Cocoa Cool. Cocoa Cool, baby. Great value brand Cocoa Puffs. They were way better than the, reg- than the actual brand. They don't make them anymore. They don't? Uh, I don't know. I I just don't see it the same. I want to get I me know. a nice box of Cocoa Cool. <laughs> so this movie has like a lot of gadgets and stuff. And it got me thinking about like different toys and stuff that I had growing yeah. up. Um, did you have like a favorite gadget though in the movie? Ooh. I liked the $9,000. <laughs> yeah, I liked that one too. <laughs> Oh uh, no! I definitely wanted the the skateboard slash snowboard deal. That was cool. The skateboard, that was, yeah, that was so cool. And that scene that he like uses it to like slide through the vents to like yeah. break into that secret lab at at the house at the house party. Yeah. Um, the one that's like prominently featured is like the watch that like yeah. shocks people when they press that button. And I was thinking about like I had a few like shock devices. 
Like, you remember how these were, you'd get them, they're like novelty toys where it's like, it looks like a piece of gum, like a pack of gum, and it's got a little metal thing sticking out like it's a gum wrapper, and you like offer yeah. it to your friend, they pull it and they get shocked. <laughs> I had one of those, and it was like always these things that like me and my friends would like try and get and like shock each other with, like shock pins, where you like try and like press the button to like <laughs> get the, the ballpoint in to stick out, and it would like shock you. I don't. Do you remember I feel like those? That's such a one-time thing. Yeah, I definitely remember those. <laughs> I feel like that's such a one-time thing because everyone's gonna expect it. You, uh, yeah, you get I them just, one time and they're, yeah. they'll never trust you again. Yeah, I mean, all it took was one time for someone to get me, and like I was always on the lookout for that sort of thing. Some kid asked me for his autograph for my autograph, and I was like, "Hmm, I'm only seven. I'm not famous. <laughs> I'm skeptical. I've never given an autograph before." <laughs> but I still did it because I wanted to be famous. <laughs> uh, my friend Chad had this shock roulette game oh. where it was like this round. It was like this round thing. And there was like four places for someone to like stick the end of your finger into. Yeah. And like it would like lights would light up in a circle and it would go around around the circle like duck duck goose and it would like play a song. And at the end of it, like it would pick one of the, the slots at random and you like you'd get shocked. So it was like this game where like four four people could play and like, you know, you hold press down the button and it could like shock any one of you. Yeah, I hated playing that. <laughs> That's weird. I, I only had the the gum and then the pen. Um, and I feel like the gum was the hardest one to pull off. But the pen yeah. looked like a normal pen. Well, what you could do with the gum was I I tried this a couple times where I actually wrapped a little bit of like an actual wrapper yeah. around the end of it instead of a metal, just like silver thing sticking out. And so it looked Smart a little thinking. bit more realistic. And then someone grabbed it and like, got him. Smart thinking, caveman. Smart thinking. <laughs> There's our holes quotes for the day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Jeremy, I did have one story I thought I'd tell. Okay. Um. Oh, I have a good feeling has, about this. I feel like it's going to unlock a lot of memories. Oh, no. I don't think it will for you. Okay. But I was debating on whether I should share this, but I'm going to share it. Because right. it has to do with... It has to do with this movie, and it has to do with my dating life, funnily enough. Oh, no. So I figured, let's just go for it. So we both went to Florida College, and a big thing at FC is like asking someone to banquet. Oh no! Okay, so this is like a banquet asking story that I asking have. day. It's like prom, right. but for Christian homeschoolers. Yeah, in and so they, college, they like announce banquet, but they they wait until it's like, what is it? Is it like a Spirit Week or something? Yeah, yeah, like, it's like Spirit Week, but there's a guy be nice to girl day, and then a girl be nice to guy day. Basically, you take each yeah. other out on a date, and then otherwise you like during classes you dress up for like the theme mm -hmm. of the day. Whatever that so, could be. It, but the what I remember about asking day specifically is that like you don't know when it's gonna be. Like it's like this whole at least when I was there, it was like it wasn't like you don't know. Yeah, I mean you can ask yeah, in yeah. advance, but it's like suddenly they would just announce that today is asking day. Oh, and chapel. by the way, it's asking day. Everyone's like, What? Even though we already made our poster boards, everyone knew. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the rumor was this was my freshman year for spring banquet. I guess it was like it was spirit week. Like I didn't know which day it was going to be that they, you know, the week before or whatever. Anyway, but anyway, I was tipped off. Like I think tomorrow is going to be asking day. So I was like, I was yeah. trying to come up 
with like something, something clever for like who I was going to ask. And what I came up with was I basically ripped off the plot of this movie of like his, his mission is to like get close to this person and like get invited to this (laughs) and get invited to this, uh, to to her birthday party. And what I did was like, I created this like classified document and it was like this, I put, it was like two pages. One was like the mission summary. And then the second was a picture of me and like all my information. Cause I was the target in this situation. And so I put this like classified document in her mailbox at school Okay. to where like when she got it, she opened it up and it was like, here's your mission. Like, sh- you know, should you choose to accept it type thing? Okay. And it was like, your mission is to get close to this person by asking them to banquet or something like that. Dude, like, how dope is that? That's way more creative than a poster board. And it was like, I came up with this whole backstory of like, our dad was like a government agent, which spoiler <laughs> alert, he works for the government because he, he was does. a mailman. And Retired. like, you know, there was this like whole backstory. I don't remember half of it at this point, but like, <laughs> I came up with this backstory of like, she was trying to get to him because he was up to no good. And so she was trying, and so she had to, you know, go to the banquet with me to get to know me better, that sort of thing. So you weren't the one asking Hillary Duff. You are to, the Hillary Duff. In this situation, yes. I had to flip the script. <laughs> that's so good. I that's how it. I did it. And so I put it, like, I had this, like, folder or, like, this, you know, envelope, and I, like, classified information, you know, only for, for your eyes only type thing. And it was, like, this mission document <laughs> that I got. I found some, like, template online. And so, like, I printed out, and so I had that ready to go for, like, asking day, and I had it in my backpack. So as soon as they announced it, like, I ran to, like, the mailroom, put this in this person's mailbox. That's legit. And, yeah, it, it went over really well. <laughs> I hope it did. So She went so, to banquet uh, with you, so. Yeah, she went to banquet with me for some asking. <laughs> so it, it, it worked out well. But, like, I totally forgot about that. And then, like, as I was watching this movie, I was like, yeah, I remember, like, ripping off this movie for my asking day. <laughs> the funny thing is, too, I I pretty sure I never like admitted to what I was like doing. Like I I'm pretty sure I never told her like, oh, this is from Agent Cody Banks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you just kept it a secret. Yeah, yeah. You changed things around enough to where she wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out you're just a closeted secret secret agent, Cody Banks fan. That's right. And you're just constantly, hey, do you want to like casually? You just want to watch Cody Banks one night? <laughs> it's a good movie. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. If not, we can watch like uh, maybe like Agent Cody makes two. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm down for that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, Hillary Duff and Frankie Muniz. I feel like I was thinking they have kind of similar, like, acting background because they like both started out like on a TV show. Yeah. And then kind of pivoted into like you know, kids movies and that sort of thing. Hillary Duff, she had Lizzie McGuire and then she went into the cheaper by the dozens movies. Yeah. She had agent Cody Banks. Uh, well, I guess there was a Lizzie McGuire movie. Uh, Cinderella story. That was one. Something Cinderella like story. Cinderella <laughs> story. Cinderella story. Cinderella. Yeah. She's in that. Um, and then Frankie Muniz obviously was like Malcolm in the middle. He did the Cody Banks movies. Biffle. Big Don't fat liar. Biffle. Biffle. Uh, you know, one other one that I forgot about is Racing Stripes. My Dog Skip. Oh. My Dog Skip is one, too, for sure. 
Yeah, Raising Stripes, dude. That's a classic. He was the voice of the zebra. Yeah, I remember that. I forgot about that. <laughs> but they had a there was a crossover episode of Lizzie McGuire that Frankie Muniz was on playing himself. What? Did you see that? No. Yeah, they like I I don't really remember it too much, but I found a clip of it online, like a little promo I'll, I'll throw in here. Okay. Lizzie has a new boyfriend. What light through yonder window breaks? It's Frankie Muniz. Hey, Frankie, how'd you get out of the TV? Frankie! Hey, uh, mind if I call you F? I really like Frankie. But there's just one problem. Frankie, over here! It's Frankie Muniz! It's almost like I'm famous. Stop! Lizzie McGuire with special guest Frankie Muniz. Friday, August 23rd, only on Disney Channel. Yeah, he's like playing himself. He's playing Frankie Muniz, and like somehow they meet and like they start like dating or something. They like go out on the show, and there's like paparazzi like following Lizzie McGuire everywhere. <laughs> it's called the episode is called Lizzie in the Middle. Okay, and it was like a year or so before like this movie came out. It was a chemistry test. That's what that was. Yeah, Jeremy, what's the plot of this movie? Like, what is? Like I don't want to go through every the like detail of the movie, but like, what is the villain's plan? Because all I know is there's nanobots and ice cubes, and it's Dude. gonna like kill people. Yeah, no, he's planning to take out Americans' complete defense system. Okay. By attaching these to missiles. Okay. And like getting rid of their tracking beacons or whatever. Hmm. Uh, and also, I, I assume it progressed into. Let's kill all of the Americans by putting this in their ice. <laughs> Which, by the way, there's a lot of things that you're not allowed to eat. You're not supposed to eat glue. You're not supposed to eat Play-Doh. They're forbidden. <sighs> Dude, uh, when I tell you I want to eat one of those nanobot ice cubes so bad, <laughs> I mean it. Like, you know how when people, you're sitting around the table and people are always like oh what's the one way you would wish to die if you had to choose i always say getting struck by lightning because that's legendary and it's quick but i'm thinking i'm going to change my mind to eating an ice cube full of nanobots because <laughs> you're going out on top that was intense too for like kids movie seeing him dude yeah okay i was gonna say that to when we get to that scene but yeah uh that was a cool death scene it was For up sure. there with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Face melting. Like, that was scary. It was the same mm -hmm. exact vibe. This is a total ripoff of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> wonder how the villain dies and Agent Toby barks. <laughs> I'm sure the villain goes out in a rough way. Ew. <laughs> rough. <laughs> you know, I just had an idea of, like, what if this was, like, those two movies were connected? And the only, the only character that like has a tie to this original Cody Banks movie is that like CIA, like security guy Rosenchuk. <laughs> Rosenchuk <laughs> in trouble. It's the most important kid in America. <laughs> I, I apprehended a, a suspect, sir. Uh, it was quite a uh, quite quite the struggle. Quite the struggle. <laughs> it was like some kid, dude. <laughs> you just know that boy got fired after that. Yeah, second scene with him in it. I like how this, uh, I think it's funny that this is a movie set in Seattle, because I was just thinking, like, are there any movies 
like I genuinely was thinking this a couple days ago before watching the movie. I was like, are there any movies that are set in Seattle? Because Seattle is on my mind right now because I'm about to fly out there uh, in two days to go visit some friends and family. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, what's what's the big deal about Seattle? I've been like thinking about it. And then this movie mm-hmm. comes on. I'm like, oh, this is in Seattle. Cool. Perfect timing. Yeah, I was I was confused. Like I, I I'm thinking the show was or the school was in Seattle, and he lived maybe in California. Because I mean that beginning scene where the car is like going down the hill, like that is San Francisco. Yeah, but I always I always thought. But it he was, was like, going back and forth. I I wasn't really sure if he I'm was. I'm pretty sure it's all Seattle. Yeah, it might be. I was just confused by that opening scene. Like, why would he be skating? Because the school was like ten minutes in downtown Seattle. Maybe they got hills in Seattle. I don't know. Jeremy, you report back after you right. and you let me know. <laughs> it looked like San Francisco to me. Maybe we'll take the official Cody Banks tour. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, Jonathan, do you have any vocab words? Vocab words. This is one of my favorite segments of the show. Uh, no, I not that I can recall. I have at least one, maybe another one, if that comes up to mind. Um, but. The number one vocab word I have for me is excrement. <laughs> I know what excrement means. What, I'm not falling for that. I know what excrement means. <laughs> so, throw a poop joke, learn a word. You got me. Yep. Also, I felt like I related to the little brother a lot, because mainly because I was the little brother, but I was not a sassy and as confident as his little brother was. Yeah. His little brother was stupid. I liked him. He was alright. He was cool. He's not like getting the Nikki award. I wasn't wanting to punch him in the face or anything. Yeah. But, uh... No, he was like overly confident. And he would, he was the bully of his brother. Not... that Usually it's the older brother that dogs on the other one. But he's like, oh yeah, you're a big deal. You can't even talk to a girl. Like, apparently he had, like, heard about that somehow. Yeah, he's like, I'm friends with your friends. Yeah. I'm friends with the popular kids at your school. And there's that scene later on where he actually, like, Hillary Duff comes to his house. Yeah. And he, like, like, takes her to his room. And his parents are like, Cody just brought home a girl. And he's like, a hot girl? (laughs) And he's just like, he's seen it all before. Something... I feel like he's also a secret agent, and he he can't like for maybe like the NSA, because like he was unfazed by the like the actual hologram that he was holding, and he was using all of Cody's like uh, gadgets in his room, yeah, acting like he knew how to use them. He's like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, sure, you're a CIA agent. <laughs> Meanwhile. He's just oblivious to an actual hologram existing. What? Yeah. So, that's my theory, is that his little brother is an NSA agent. I will say, though, for the little brother, a critical scene in the movie is when he covers for Cody while he leaves, while he's supposed to be grounded or something, or he's, like, off the mission. Because it's one of, like, the biggest quotes for us in this movie. I guess but I, I don't even really know if it is or not. <laughs> I Whoa, like I just quoted it. <laughs> when I was 
preparing to like watch this movie, I was thinking in my head, like, oh yeah, like we watch that all the time. We must quote it a lot. And then like literally the only thing I could think of that we quote <laughs> is I guess. I guess. Because <laughs> Cody records himself saying that one word over and over again, I guess. I like, guess. That's all that they <laughs> that's all that he plays when his mom like comes in to I like guess. check in on him and his brother's covering for him. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Sound like Pee Wee Herman. Under the covers. <laughs> My bike! <laughs> oh, man. No, this is classic. Classic, classic. Was there any other quotes, though, that you can think of from this? Uh, there's a couple, I thought. I guess. Well, there's one with the one with Daryl Hammond. He's like, my father's been married for about a, about a hundred years. hundred years or so. He's got yeah. a ring on the back of his neck. That one. That when you pulled on it, it said, my fault. <laughs> so I, that's one of those jokes that I didn't get growing yeah, up. Yeah. But I say that a lot, too. The, both of these are just two-word quotes, but they're so usable. Like, I don't say my bad. I say, my fault. My fault. <laughs> I say that a lot. I don't know if you do. Mm. Um. So one of the quotes that gets me every single time, it's just, I don't really quote it, but it's so funny. <laughs> it's when it's his first day of school and she puts the Seattle Seahawks hat on his head and it looks ugly like the hat from Sandlot. Oh, yeah. And yeah, Sandlot like, vibes for I'm sure. I'm not wearing this. This is stupid. And then it just stops and the camera turns and there's this like little girl and his mom and her, little girl and her mom just walking by the cia van and she's just like stops in her tracks and she points at him she's like look that guy has a bird on his head <laughs> just the exact way i just said it not like oh look he's got a bird on no that guy has a bird on his head <laughs> doesn't make... i don't know why it made me laugh so hard but it did <laughs> you ruined my haircut okay haircut did you notice, I never noticed this before, the very beginning of the movie, like the first time it shows like the villain and like the henchman, like the guy from the mummy? Yeah. So you notice like it shows whatever like the, like the villain of the movie, his like company, his shell company that he's doing business for or whatever, like it's got a logo and it zooms out from the logo to the back of the villain's head and like his hair is the logo in the back oh. of his head. Like and I just like no. died when I saw that. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> no, like, I still didn't it, notice the bald, that. The bald guy, he does have some hair like in the back. And it's like the logo of the company. Like I'll have to get a screenshot of the movie okay. to show you. But I just thought that like I've never noticed that before and I thought that was like <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> okay. But yeah. Um Yeah, so did you recognize had you seen the mummy before Agent Cody Banks? I think I had. I had not. I was in first grade, dude. You think I was watching The Mummy and, as a seven-year-old? I feel like we watched that one early on, but but it was probably around the same time, maybe. Maybe. But, I, I think that was one of those where I wasn't allowed to watch, and y'all just watched without me while I played in my room. Um, Like an idiot. <laughs> the Mummy's good. We will cover that, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. One of the bullies, I'm just like listing people in the movie that I like know from other places at this point. Uh, the bully that gets shocked by the watch. Did you recognize yeah, him? Yeah, McGinty. Tr 
Troy McGinty from Max Keeble's Big Move. Yeah, he plays a good bully. He plays a real good bully. Oh, yeah. He looks like one for sure. Not to take away from the other guy. The other guy was a good bully, too. Weaker, <laughs> but good bully. And then there was, like, the heavy set like, CIA officer, like, one of the guys in the van. <laughs> yeah. Who was Vincent from Eureka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that. was a show that we watched a lot on the Sci-Fi Channel. Oh, and then like Frankie Muniz <laughs> from like Malcolm in the Middle. Did you recognize him from anything? Uh yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> is the mom? Is his mom in anything? She is. Because um, I recognize her, and I just don't know what from. She's in a, a few of the Air Bud movies. She's the mom. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, that would make sense. Why she she has a very distinct voice. I feel like so. Yeah, when yeah. I heard it, yeah. I. I was like, she's got to be in some other other stuff. Um, the CIA director Keith David, I I just he's in a lot of stuff. He, I feel like he's like a character actor. Like okay. I I only know the name because I'm looking at it right now on the internet. But yeah, you definitely like recognize him. And he was also in the sequel. He's one of the few people that made it to the sequel in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. There was a part in the movie that like cracked me up it was after they discover like that Cody like doesn't know how to talk to girls and they like bring him back to the office to the CIA headquarters and they're like in a head in like a boardroom and they're talking to him and he just like comes out of nowhere and like is like up in his face and is like you shy kid yeah yeah <laughs> it's like what that was his <laughs> best line actually no he's got a, one other better line that has always stuck with me, but I'm going to save that for okay. later on. And then Veronica Miles, the his handler. The scene with her that cracked me up was when she like rescues him later on, like in the snow, and she's like, "I'll give you a ride. Let's go save Natalie." <laughs> yeah. So she's like standing on like the little individual chopper little thing, and he just like. <laughs> Face first, like is about to stand, like right in front of her, and she's like, "Uh," it's like turn turn, around, use her fingers, like turn around. Yeah, I, let's talk about that opening scene where she rescues him from the locker room. Uh, that's a case. <laughs> a case. <laughs> Sexual harassment. Hmm. Interesting. In a sense, like you could take my towel off too. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that probably doesn't hold up. <laughs> or taking towels off of 15-year-old boys. The, the male room. gaze is portrayed in this movie so well and so horribly at the same time. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that was just really funny. Just walking in with a skin-tight outfit. Like, she's the, the like, this is the, the Bond girl for somebody who can't, yeah. for, <laughs> for a, a teenage spy. Like, I don't know. I did notice, like, when she pretends to be the administrator of the school to get Cody to go, like, she's yeah. wearing the same outfit, but she has it, like, fully zipped up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you still hear the same music, like, whenever Cody's dad answers the door and, like, sees her and is just like. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeremy, I found a Cody Banks trivia quiz online. Ooh, that I thought would be okay. interesting for us to take. See how well we know this movie. Probably super well. Unless super it's... well. And to be honest, the um, quiz is like very simple. Okay. But I was cracking up at the, like, it's a multiple choice quiz. 
and like yeah. the different choices I thought were hilarious. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's what like caught my eye. One I thought it was funny that anyone actually wrote a Cody Banks quiz, but right. I, I digress. Okay, so do you want to take turns uh, saying the question and answers? Sure. Um, there's there's only ten questions, um, but we both got it pulled it up pulled up here, and we'll put the link we'll put the link in the the podcast show notes so you can take the quiz at home if you feel so inclined. So we don't want to give the answers; we just want to say the the options. Oh well. All right. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. Just just pause the episode if you actually want to take the quiz. Okay. <laughs> so I'll start out the question Hold number up, one. I'm pausing the episode right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the quiz it's from like some fun funtrivia.com. Good name for a trivia website. It was created by a user named Maddie Babe. No, Mad Babe eighty eight. Mad Babe eighty eight. And you can see like what other quizzes like this user has made. And she's made three of them. I'm assuming okay. it's a she. Because one of the quizzes is called Frankie Munez Mania. Oh. <laughs> and I clicked on it. It was like, what year was Frankie Munez born? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just can't wait for people to take the quiz and then comment on the website like, inside quotes brought me here. <laughs> Dude, yes. <laughs> YouTube video. Okay. <laughs> anyway, question number one of the quiz. When was this quiz made? 2021, dude. Really? It says updated December 3rd, 21. So is it our I goal to get Mad Babe 88 to be on our episode of Agent Cody Banks 2? Um, sure, reach out to us. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Uh, which actor starred as Cody Banks in the film? So it's a multiple choice test. You've got Shane West, Elijah Wood, Frankie Muniz, or <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Okay, well. Who's Frankie Shane West? Muniz. Oh, there's hints, too, for each one. Really? Oh, if you click a hint, it just it's like oh. a 50-50 option of who wants to be a millionaire, where it just takes away two of the options. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Who's I'm going Shane with West, Frankie though? Muniz. I have no idea. Okay, cool. All right, question All right. number two. Which actress starred as Natalie Connors in the film? Mandy Moore, Hilary Duff, Amanda Bynes, or Britney Spears? Well, these are easy. Okay. You could get confused with Amanda Bynes from Big Fat Liar. That's true. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's one to throw you off. All right, Mad Dave eighty eight. Question number three: What was Agent Cody's problem? He couldn't <laughs> fight. He couldn't kiss women. He couldn't speak to women. He couldn't look at women. Oh, uh, he couldn't <laughs> kiss women. Uh, I'm gonna go with he couldn't speak to women. Yes. Okay. Question number four. What did Cody have to do for his first mission? All of these. <laughs> I love that that's the first one for me. Was uh, oh, it in different orders? Mine's yeah, it's different. in different it's in different orders for okay. me. Okay. <laughs> okay, so question four. What did Cody have to do for his first mission? Or what did Cody have to do for his mission? All yeah. of these get the girl, pass math, or save the world. <laughs> Oh, this is referring to the tagline of the movie. It's all of oh, these. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is that, yeah. What is the tagline? It, it's literally, get the girl, save the world, pass math. Okay, I'll go with all of these. All right. Question number five. What was the color of the car that Cody arrived in at Natalie's birthday party? Mm. We've got black, gold, blue, and red. Now, this is a tricky one because... 
the original car that he wanted in the in the gadget center was black. Oh. But he rolled up in a red one. That's right. We'll go with red. All right. Question number six. What was the color of Agent Cody Banks' glasses? White, tough. red, black, or blue? What? Hmm. Who notices these things? I'm using a hint. I bet it's white. I bet it's black. Because all... Oh, I used all my hints on the first one testing it out. Oh, oh no. Okay, I used the hint. And it, it's leaving red and black. So we'll go with black. Okay, yeah. It has to be black. Because they but didn't stand like white out. glasses were like silver glasses were like popular at the time. Yeah, yeah. All right, question seven. Who did Cody Banks work for? FBI, police, CIA, or Rangers? <laughs> so like the Texas Rangers or the New York Rangers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, CIA is the answer. Okay. Question number eight. What city does Cody Banks live in? See, we were asking about this. See, it's Seattle because San Francisco is not even on this list. So it must be Seattle. It's Seattle, Washington, D.C., New York City, or Houston. Yeah. Seattle, Seattle. it is. I'm still so confused by that opening scene, though. <laughs> Looked like San Francisco. Question number nine. At the beginning of the film, what was the first thing Cody Banks had to save? A baby, a cat, a dog, himself. I mean, to a certain point, he was saving himself, but it was definitely a baby. Yeah. Same vibes as the opening scene of Ricky Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> and then question 10. <laughs> question 10. Did Frankie Muniz and Hilary Duff have a kissing scene? Yes or no? <laughs> I wish there was four options on this one, but it's just <laughs> yes or no. Maybe. <laughs> Too much to tell. Oh, man. Okay. All right, submit my answers. Submit my answers. What would we get? I guess we picked the same thing, so. We got 100%, baby. 100%, 10 out of 10. Total of 150 points. Yeah, apparently you can, like, create an account on this website and get okay. points for all these different quizzes you take. Well, we're above the average. Average, average score is score. 8 out of 10. So. Which, ones did, which ones do you think people, like, missed, probably? Color probably of the glasses, glasses one. <laughs> That was hard. Maybe Amanda Bynes. Anyways, that was good. <laughs> There's like an explanation by each answer, too. It's kind of interesting. Oh. Like question number three, what was Agent Cody's problem? It says, Agent Cody Banks couldn't speak to women, not even go near them. So the CIA had to bring in professional help to help Cody <laughs> with his problem. Oh, man. I want to see I what the last this. one. <clears throat> Did Frankie Muniz and Hillary Duff have a kissing scene? Frankie Muniz and Hilary Duff did have a kind of a kiss in the last scene of the film because he had saved her from the bad guy. <laughs> Ooh, I just thought of the fourth option. Okay, so yes, no, maybe, maybe. and then the last one, I guess. I guess. Perfect. <laughs> okay, do you have any plot holes? I'm sure there are plot holes galore in this movie, but I just turned my move, my my head off for this one and just... Okay. Turn my brain off for this one and, and just went with it. True. <laughs> like we do with most movies. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I only had one thing that I wrote down. I was like, okay. Um, when Natalie was in the Cascade Mountains, like the secret evil lair, and she was in jail, and Cody comes up and 
like tries to break her out. And she's like, no, I'm not going anywhere to like yeah. someone explains to me what's going on. And he's like, okay, fine. I work for the CAA. And then she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Dude, dude's been acting like he has an earpiece in the entire time he's known her. And second, yeah. you're literally in an evil scientist lair in the middle of a remote Cascades <laughs> Mountains area. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you are such a dummy. And then the... <laughs> And then Veronica Miles comes in and she's like, are you coming? You got it? Everything good? And she's like, yeah. um, Cody, what is our school nurse doing here? <laughs> you dummy. Your dad's a scientist. You need to be smarter than that. Anyways, that was her character, not Hillary Duff. She was lovely, I'm sure. I, now, I thought you were going to say that the plot hole for this movie was uh, Cody Banks working for the CIA. Oh, yeah. Maybe this entire movie is a plot hole. But do you, do you we love think it. that. Do you think that the CIA really does that, where they like take kids and force them to work for them and don't tell their parents when they are minors? <laughs> That's true. Maybe you will never know. Central Intelligence Agency. But the hard. It's harder for me to believe that they they do. Oh, I didn't know there was a school tour today. I can't believe they do school tours <laughs> at the CIA building. <laughs> That one cracked me up. I do remember, I guess I'm just going through my final notes because it's about rap time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Mr. Yip. The, the, the driver's instructor. ed scene. Yeah. Also very culturally unsensitive scene. For sure. Uh, <laughs> I just remember that scene being so gross. Like oh, he yeah. was so sweaty. But then on top of that, he threw up all over himself. So you don't actually see like you don't see him throwing up. He just like runs out of the car and does it. Yeah. Right. But then like he comes back and starts yelling at him and you just see, you can like, just smell his mouth his breath all, through the TV. His, his like lips and like around his mouth is all stained with yeah. like chili looking vomit. Like the <laughs> same gross. vomit from Sandlot. Yeah. yeah. That was gross. Yeah. He, 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 uh, he cut the driver's ed. Dude, that cracked me up pedal. a lot. He just whips out a whole, like, I don't know, like a burner, a wood burner. Yeah. I don't know what that thing is. Like a burning gadget. <laughs> you don't see all the smoke coming off of that. <laughs> uh, what a great. That was a hard driver's ed course, too. Yeah. And he did it backwards. Yeah. I love how there's not much of a, a prequel. Like, you don't understand. He's already, there's not an origin story. He already is this agent. Yeah, but it's also an origin story because he's never been on a mission before. So I think that's cool, and they dive more into that in the second movie. I was gonna say because the second one opens up like he goes back to camp. Yeah, but he's like the top dog there. Yeah, of course. I mean, he saved the world, you know. Yeah, kind of instructing others, but so it it is in a way kind of going back to you see like oh this is like the camp I guess he went to and got his training originally. Yeah. So you see it in the second one, but um. One thing that I would like to note before, um, we haven't really talked about him a lot, but there's a good villain. He's a pretty good villain. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, a good henchman for the villain. It's a good duo, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, I guess, not really a plot hole, but more of a complaint. 
of how they found out that he was CIA, which didn't really matter. I mean, if he blew his cover or not, they were still going to steal the girl. Um, That's when he beats up the bullies at the party, yeah. right? Why was Francois at the party gambling with these teenagers? Why were these teenagers gambling? It was... Because the party was, was Vegas-themed, of course. It was Las Vegas-themed, but it was like... It Everyone like was wearing real, suits. Like, yeah, I just thought that's what people did in high school. I guess. But I, I just like, why? He was so out of place. He didn't have to be there. Nobody knew that he was there. He could have just stayed down in the lair. Why'd they have to go up and make an appearance? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's just hanging out, gambling... He didn't need to be there. I don't know why. That was, that was funny. I feel like there's a lot of songs in this, other than like the Nelly, like Hot in Here song. Yeah. Which I never listened to that. I only listened to the Weird Al version growing right. up. It's getting rotten but here. I feel like there's a lot of music in this movie that is like specifically songs in movies, but like I don't know who they're by or anything like that. No, I think they like, sound you know a lot I mean? more like generic pop punk songs but none of them were i don't remember from they're like so close to other songs but they're not the songs like they seem like they got songwriters to write stuff for movies but they're not like actual songs that were on the radio yeah (laughs) but that the song at the end of the movie um it's it's a song called like life is good it was like the end credits or whatever but i do remember hearing that one again in binge warmers that one is in binge warmers yeah 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 that's right Okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, there's not really a whole lot to say about the music. I guess. I guess. Do you have any uh, takeaways from this movie? You don't need jet engines to ride down a, a to do something that gravity's already gonna do for you. Okay. <laughs> Dude is at the the top of a mountain. Didn't need any more extra force. <laughs> Um, takeaways, takeaways. Well, before we get to that, you just reminded me of like how like crazy some of those shots were near the end of the movie. Yeah. Where like the scene where like Hillary Duff takes the ice cube and like shoves it in like the villain's mouth. She just walks up in slow motion with like the determined look on her face. And like there's like a fan blowing her hair all over the place. Like (laughs) that was a crazy shot. Girl power moment. That's a scene of (laughs) When Cody Banks like jumps from like the lair to like grab onto the helicopter at the end. Yeah. There's the scene oh. where there's a shot where um he slow mo punches Francois in the face by diving at him. Oh yeah, that's a that cool was one. the coolest punch ever. I mean, this is a great action movie. Yeah, there's a lot to it. I mean, I feel like the the villain's lair too was like there was a lot to it. Yeah. Like it um, really looked, it really looked like something from like a Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, for real. A lot of places. Um, I liked, I liked the way that the ice like melted the stairs and like Ooh, the doors. Yeah. That's so like satisfying. That's how he saves the day. But it's like I, I really enjoy that shot. Low key, another reason why I would want to choose that as my death because that's probably satisfying. <laughs> um, but I want to one one last thing, and then we can get to the takeaways. I want to okay. talk about. Um, I have a question about are these nanobots i have a question about the nanobots okay are the nanobots a one-time use only or not because if they are what are they going to do about all those nanobots they're going to eat the cascade mountains like they're just loose right that's true i would like to think that they're one 
use only, and they wasted all, all of them on the lair. I guess the rest of them were like destroyed in the explosion. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I guess. I guess. All right. <laughs> well, so what's your takeaway for this movie? Okay, so it goes back to a quote that the CIA director says, and it's foreshadowing for the movie. The first mm-hmm. time it shows the CIA director or like the CIA facilities, it's a shot of like some assistant putting ice in a cup of ice water and bringing it to the director. Yeah. And whenever he grabs it, <gasps> he he grabs Whoa. the ice, he grabs the ice out of there. And he's like, oh, I, I told you not to put any ice in there. You don't know what kind of crap is floating around in the fridge <laughs> and all that. Jonathan, I almost brought that up for a completely yeah. different reason. I almost just wrote that down like, oh, that's a funny that's a funny line. Yeah, that's when I learned that ice could be dirty. Yeah, that's my takeaway is like, you don't know what's like what kind of germs are in like the freezer, the ice what maker, is, you know, the you fact that's that also foreshadowing for the rest of the movie right. blew my mind just now. <laughs> I love this movie. Oh, man. That's my takeaway. If you got an ice maker, make sure it's nice and clean. You don't want to just put anybody's ice in your drink. For real. All right. Well, uh, I don't think I can beat that one. So I guess we'll just wrap up. Um, Cool. What what is your letterbox score for this movie? Dude, honestly, three and a half. Three and a half? No, four. Four out. I gave it four out of five. Okay. And like true like movie critics are never gonna rate it that high. No, no, of course. It's had like a thirty four percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's in the thirties. I mean on Letterboxd the average rating is two point three. So Well the, most people with Letterboxd don't they don't have childhoods, so Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that two point three seems, you know, to what the general consensus is, but we are much more biased in our in our ratings of movies from our childhood. And I, I gave this a solid four. I really enjoyed rewatching this one. There's a lot of great moments in it. Some that don't age too well, but it was still really fun. And I really want to watch the sequel. I mean, we probably won't do that one right away, but we'll we'll cover it eventually on the show. Yeah. No, I'm excited for it for sure. We need to have a month of just British styled sequels. Sequels, sequels to movies where they go to London. We already got two weeks. We got Garfield, Tale of Two Kitties, Agent Cody Banks. That's that's all you need right there. Yep. Was this your turn or mine? This was my turn. Okay. This so week. I, I didn't say that at, at the beginning, but this was my pick. Fiddler was your turn. Alrighty. So next week, Jeremy, it's going to be your turn to pick a movie on the podcast. Do you have a hint for what we're going to be covering next week? Jonathan, next week, we are finally starting something we've been waiting to start for a very long time. And I'm so excited to start this out. So here's a clip. Why don't you just cook the breakfast and try not to burn anything? Yes, Aunt Petunia. I want everything to be perfect for my Dudley's special day. Hurry up. Bring my coffee, boy. Yes, Uncle Vernon. Aren't they wonderful, darling? How many are there? Thirty-six. Counted them myself. Yes, well, some of them are quite a bit bigger than last year. I don't care how big they are! No, 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 this is what we're going to do. Is that when we go out, we're going to buy you two new presents. How's that, Pumpkin? Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman, and you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. Or if you want to find him online at BriceBridgman.com. And if you want to find us on Instagram, you can find us at InsideQuotesCast. And if you'd like to support the show in any way, check out our merch store. 
Um, links in the bio. We've got sweatshirts, t-shirts, stickers, mugs, anything you can think of. We got it. Unless it's a gadget or something. That, that's We don't have those. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to leave us a review. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review, we'll get the CIA to do your homework and your chores for a week. Ooh, that's so valuable. I've always wanted to get... I, that's one last note. I wanted to get... Always wanted to get seven lawnmowers just to do the lawnmower in one fail swoop. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. So cool. I also like the scene where um, they, like, take like Cody's dog for a walk and they like clean up the dog poop afterwards. He, he said and he pooped like twice. He's got it in like a, you know, one of those bags yeah. that you clean up with. And afterwards he's like, he tries to give it to Cody, I guess, <laughs> but he just leaves it. And so he like just opens up his like suit coat and puts it in there. <laughs> I just love that gross. he said he, he was peeing. The dog was currently peeing on his shoe. And then he said he pooped twice. It was a 30 <laughs> second conversation. <laughs> dog be pooping. Anyways. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed listening to us reminisce about our childhood just as much as we have. And if you did, make sure you hit follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so that you don't miss out on a future episode. Until next time, just remember, girls are like cow chips. The older you get, the easier they are to pick up. (laughs) We'll see you next time on Inside Quotes. Bye. You bet.